everyone, this is Blake, host of the That You May Know Him podcast, and welcome back to Two for Ten, the show where we study the Bible one book at a time, one verse at a time. On today's episode of Two for Ten, hey, we've done it. We finally reached the end of Revelation chapter one. There's only 21 chapters to go. No, but in all seriousness, on today's episode, we're going to see Jesus confer on John the very serious responsibility of faithfully recording everything that he will see in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Also, we're going to see Jesus sort of reiterate something that we've pretty much already figured out, but that is very, very important, that he walks among the churches. That's what's coming up today on 2 for 10, so let's get it going. All right, guys, once again, welcome back to 2 for 10. I am your host, Blake Barbera, the host of the That You May Know Him podcast. Hey, real quick before we get started, if you haven't already, don't forget to sign up to receive updates from our ministry. You can do that on thatyoumayknowhim.com. That way, now that we've reached the end of chapter one, you'll get sent to you in an email study notes, and study questions to help you dive deeper into Revelation chapter 1. We're actually going to be taking next week off completely from the podcast, so you'll have a whole week to sort of deep dive into this book before we come back a couple weeks from now and jump into chapter 2. All right, our passage for today is Revelation chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. The last two verses in this chapter, and they go like this. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. My friends, we have covered a lot just studying Revelation chapter 1. I've got sort of like a a little recap list here that I want to go over of all the things, actually not all the things, but a lot of the things that we have covered just in the first chapter. So much biblical truth, so much Bible is packed into this chapter. We know that almost every verse in this letter references either the Old Testament or the New Testament. Somewhere in the Bible, nearly every verse in this book, in this letter, is somehow connected to other parts of Scripture. It really, really is an amazing, amazing thing. We've also learned so far that this book, the book of Revelation, is unique amongst all the other books in the Bible. And one of the main reasons for that is because this is the only verse that uh, the only verse, the only book that is authored by Jesus Christ himself. He got a revelation from God the Father that he gave to John. But throughout this book, a lot of the time Jesus Christ is himself speaking and John is responsible as we just read in verse 19 for writing down what he sees. Jesus sent this revelation. He gave this revelation by sending his angel to John. 
And in fact, this angel that Jesus sent to John sort of acts like a tour guide all through the rest of this book. The next couple chapters, Jesus addresses the seven churches individually. Those are going to be really, it's going to be really fun couple chapters to look at. Serious, but fun. But then this angel takes John to all these places. He takes him up to heaven and shows him a glimpse of the throne room. He takes him into the future and shows him all these things that are going to take place. The angel acts as a tour guide, but truly Jesus Christ is the one who is conveying the revelation to John because it's his to give. It's an amazing thing, and it's very, very unique. We've also learned just from the opening verses of this letter, the letter, the book of Revelation. It's both a letter and a book. We'll say more on that in a second. That it's unique because it's the only book in the Bible that conveys a blessing on those who read it and who keep what's written in it. It also conveys a curse on those who try to change or who do, in fact, change even one word of what's written. That's how serious this book is dealt with in heaven. And it's sort of a, a message to us that we should handle this book with extra extra precaution, extra care, and with great reverence and seriousness as well. We also learn that even though this is a book in our Bible. It comes to us in the form of a letter. It's a letter that was addressed at the time it was written to seven literal churches, historical churches that existed in the Roman province of Asia in the first century. And while it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that he gave to John and he sort of teamed up with this angel that was sent to John by Jesus to convey this message and this vision. It comes to us in the form of a letter. And that letter, when it was originally written and addressed to seven churches, isn't just from Jesus. It's addressed from God the Father, from the Holy Spirit, and from Jesus Christ. We know that the book of Revelation is in the form of a letter written to seven churches and the entirety of the letter is for all seven churches and for every church and every Christian that's lived ever since. But within the letter, there are seven individual letters that are addressed to each of the seven churches that this letter is addressed to. Wow, is this a lot? Hopefully you've been watching these episodes and you've been keeping up. And this is sort of just recap or reiterating a lot of the things that we've covered already so far. We've learned, well, let's see, what else have we learned? Oh, yeah, we've learned about the circumstances under which this book was written. John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was writing to seven churches in Asia Minor that he himself pastored. They were undergoing persecution like they had never undergone before. This was a great period of testing for them. Many of them, history records, even gave their lives in order to not uh, be unfaithful to Jesus Christ. Many of the people who this letter was originally intended for actually died because they refused to honor Caesar, the emperor of Rome, as Lord. And they refused to say the words, Caesar is Lord. They would only say that about Jesus. John himself, when he wrote this letter, was in prison for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God for his faith in Jesus Christ, and for his witness on behalf of Jesus in the world. So this letter was written 
under incredibly difficult circumstances. That's why oftentimes when this book is read by churches that are living under difficult circumstances or in areas of persecution, they tend to love it. They tend to latch onto it. Oftentimes, churches in countries that are not really going through persecution tend to either ignore this book or even sometimes reject it altogether. It's a sad thing, but it's true. We've also learned that Jesus, as he appears to John in this book, looks much, much different than he did when he was alive on earth. Jesus, when he died, was a 33, about, we think, year old guy who had worked for most of his life. He was a Middle Eastern Jewish man. He probably was brown-skinned. He probably had dark hair. He didn't look like a white guy. He didn't look like an African. He looked like someone from the Middle East, most likely. Well, when Jesus appears to John in this book, in chapter 1, he looks much different. He has hair that's white like wool. His eyes are flames of fire. His feet are like burnished bronze, a heavy metal refined in a furnace. He's dressed like a high priest or like a Roman judge, and there is a sword protruding out of his mouth. He looks, to put it bluntly, frightful. He looks like, according to Daniel chapter 7 and what John records, he looks like the ancient of days which is exactly who Jesus claims to be in this book. He claims to be one with the Father. When at the end of chapter 1, he says, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. Or what many people think he's saying when he says, I'm the living one, I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. I am the eternal one. He's also referred to as the firstborn from the dead. Last thing that we learn from reading this book Well, the last thing that we're covering here today on this last episode that covers chapter one of Revelation is that Jesus walks among the seven golden lampstands. The seven golden lampstands represent the seven churches that this letter was originally addressed to. And we've learned and we've talked about how in heaven there is a lampstand for every local church that is certified. For every church that exists on earth that is a real, true, faithful church There is a lampstand in heaven. And that means that heaven sees that local gathering as being legitimate. And if a church is represented in heaven with a lampstand, that also means two things, that Jesus walks amongst that church and that that church has an angel assigned to it. Jesus says the very last verse in this chapter one of Revelation As for the mystery of the seven stars that you see in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Jesus walks amongst faithful churches and Jesus has a host of angels that he deploys to go and be sort of assigned to local churches. And what angels do is they report back what they see. It's not like Jesus doesn't know. It's not like God doesn't know. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. He knows everything. He's also omniscient. He knows everything and he's everywhere at all times. Jesus doesn't ever appear to be everywhere at all times like God the Father, but in his resurrected body, he can certainly be anywhere at any time. He can travel like that. But nonetheless, we learn that Jesus walks amongst faithful churches and that there are angels that are deployed to sort of oversee 
and shadow and watch out for and report on local churches. That's pretty much how we wrap up the end of Revelation chapter 1. Verse 19, Jesus tells John, write down what you see. The things that are and the things that are to take place after this. We know that we can trust this book. This book is reliable, just like the entire Bible is reliable. But this book's unique and it's special. It claims to be special because Jesus himself is the one appearing to John and inspiring John to write this book and telling him, write down what you see and we'll send it to the seven churches. You can trust what you read in this book. And then, of course, lastly, we see that Jesus walks amongst the churches. We also see in this book, in chapter one, that Jesus is coming back one day. He's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. That means that we haven't missed it, that when it happens, we will know it just like everybody on earth will know it. But until then, we Christians are called to be a part of local gatherings, of local ecclesias, and to endeavor to live holy lives and remain faithful to Jesus Christ throughout them. That's what it means when Jesus says he walks amongst the seven churches. What we're going to learn in chapter two and chapter three is that churches can be decertified. They can have their lampstand removed so that they're no longer a church in heaven as they appear to be on earth. But that is what we'll get to. For now, take the time to reread chapter one, hopefully several times before we get into chapter two, and just let all of this amazing truth sink in. Jesus is coming back. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. This book is inspired. It's trustworthy. It's reliable. Jesus himself says that he is the first and the last, that he holds the keys to death in Hades. We Christians have nothing to be afraid of as long as we remain faithful to him. My friends, it's been a blast to walk through Revelation chapter one with you. Again, we're gonna take next week off and sort of gear up for chapter two and for all the things that are coming. But we'll be back in a couple weeks to get started on Revelation chapter two, verse one, where Jesus first writes to the church at Ephesus. So see you in a couple weeks. And until then, stay blessed, live loved. I'm Blake Barbera signing off. Thank you so much for watching and listening to That You May Know Him. Thank you.